right, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Independent Thinking Texans. So we're going to be going over a very uh, nuanced conversation today. Uh, so I'm sure everybody's heard since our last episode, because our last episode was actually on the day that Putin announced he was recognizing Eastern Ukraine as independent republics, two independent republics. Um, and little did we know that the very next day after we recorded our last episode that war would break out between uh, Ukraine and Russia. Well, maybe we did know it a little bit, but... Uh, <laughs> been but, going on steadily yeah, been, a little yeah, bit, right? It's been going on since about 2014, really. Steadily, yeah. Like, but, not, uh, like in, in, not like in it is now. Way, yeah. So, Russia has made uh, some... Uh, Pretty big pushes into Ukraine. They've taken over a lot of the south uh, southeastern part of the country, and they have pushed down in the north, kind of northwestern, or uh, yeah, northwestern sort of corner of the country down into Kiev. Uh, apparently, I mean, if you watch Western media, they will say that Kiev is holding out against Russia. Very well, you know. I mean, apparently they have. Best, they it's have, to your best. It's to your best. It's to your best interest to not watch Western media. If you can. Oh man! It, and if you do, it, you have to remember that it's all propaganda right now. You know, like, like discuss even discussing this right now. Like, even it being a week, it's just way oh, too. Man. There's so much. It's such a fluid situation, and there's so much propaganda that it's it's hard to really know what's really. What, what's, that is true. what's going on and what's really happening. In, in wartime, almost everything the average civilian sees is going to be propaganda. It, it, pretty much if you're not on the ground seeing it with your own eyes, what you see and what you hear is going but to be propaganda. It's going to at least be biased. If we're going to do... What did, what did we talk about in our last episode? Did we talk about... This what was our last episode about? Was Kevin with us our last? Kevin episode? was with us on our last episode. Okay, yeah. so that was our last one. So so we can if we're gonna talk about this, maybe we should angle it towards what effect do you think that this has, like on us? Like why would this be of importance to somebody in America? And not just from like the, the standpoint of like changing your your social media profile picture. Yeah. You know, to a flag. You know what I'm saying? And if you want to do that, by all means. But, I mean, I don't know what type of, you know... I don't know what that really is going to do in the grand scheme of things. Right. You know what I mean? And why does it have interest, besides emotionally, you know, to people right. in the United States? Like, what does it really matter? Like, why does all of our news and everything that we talk about need to be about this Subject, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I think they're uh, they're hyper focusing on it. You know, I think for a few reasons. You know, I mean, it could be to cover up uh, some of the big COVID news. You know, that's come out recently. There was some pretty big COVID news. I mean, the CDC pretty much announcing that nobody needs masks anymore, and that oh, you know, sorry, hey, the 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 uh, vaccine didn't really work. Sorry about that. Yeah, it's actually very you know, good. That's a very good thought right there, man. Yeah, actually. You know, I think so. I mean, and I'm not. I'm not trying to say that like it was orchestrated. You know, one hundred percent that. Yeah, to, you know, exactly. no. I oh, think. I think you not. know that they uh, <laughs> they simply hyper focus on things. You know, they take a magnifying glass on to something on the news, and this is a huge story. I mean, I think another reason it's absorbing the yeah. the news cycle is because it really is. A huge story. It's the biggest conflict in and Europe when, well, since World War Two. When when a story takes and they see people's interest is is garnished towards that subject, they instantly the that media machine starts to to say, okay, here we go. Oh, you know, yeah. we've got you know we can we can do what we will now. But yeah, no, this is it's uh it's interesting. I I and I think uh, the other thing you made too. Uh, that's exactly. I think it's a lot of reasons. I'm sure that this happened, but I think the COVID thing for our media and 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 our leaders to shift away from our country as much as they can yep. is probably a really good strategy, especially going into the <coughs> the midterm election cycle. Yep. Because it's like, again, 
if we're in a state of emergency, you know, if something's going on where it's a panic, it's like, hey, hey, I know it's usually better, but right now, you know, we're, you know, we have this conflict, you know. They're going to use it as a huge scapegoat for especially all the economic ramifications of uh, the COVID lockdown. I mean, you've already heard the rhetoric Joe Biden was talking about. This is going to cause a lot of, you know, inflation. All these, all these sanctions we're putting on them, you know, and all the, all yeah, the, there you, you go know, again. Yeah. yeah, the financial. If, if we're going to put sanctions it. on Russia, it's going to cause us harm. You know, it's going to cause us some pain here in America. They're going to pan, they're going to pin all of this inflation and all of the damage they did to the economy through through lockdown and uh, through responding yeah. to COVID, COVID again. Yeah. To uh, you know, and they're just going to pin it all on uh, on Russia. You know, and I think that also uh, what you could be seeing is. Uh, you know, wartime situations always give the government a little bit more leeway in terms of authority, in terms of how hard they can crack down. You know, I think uh, I think Ron Paul has made that point many times that uh, you know, wartime situations never expand liberty. Yeah, you know that never happens. Uh, and, Except uh, in the Ukraine, even, when they started to hand you know, out guns to the citizens, yeah, and not, you know, yeah, like, too bad get... they couldn't have had those guns beforehand, you yeah, know. Right. But uh, no, now, I don't make know, light. I don't make light of the situation. To be honest with you, I do. I definitely do understand. Like, I mean, displacing hundreds of thousands of people. Same thing in in Yemen, oh, still going that. on. Hor- you know, oh, yeah. and I think we should like, make clear any type of war. Any type of war conflict that goes on like that, region, be it regional or where it gets like to be like a, a larger thing, is it, it's scary and it sucks and no one, it, you know, it's something that's like, I mean, but I mean, <laughs> if you really do, you want to de-escalate or do you want to play tough? Right. You know, like that's what I feel like we as Americans have to realize as well. You know, it's like, because, yeah. you know, if you really want to de-escalate the situation, picking a side and putting people in a corner and making them out to be something that you're not even listening to their side at all, just making them seem completely horrible, which, you know, again, they made some bad mistakes, just right. like every other country in the world does. And this We're certainly not condoning or applauding or encouraging the... Uh, invasion of Ukraine. Yeah, you shouldn't even. No, they can't, not, no one should never, even really have to. You know, no one. You shouldn't have I, to yeah, say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you should don't. Have to, no. You don't really have to say it because you know? you're not. There's nothing you've said or anyone that I've heard that has anything against. You know, uh, what what the Western countries have done and their role in this that goes off and says, yeah. And by the way, I think Russia should go over there and they should push back it. That's not what anyone's saying. Right. You know, that's equally as bad when you use your military and your might to try to force your way anywhere. And doing this is a huge mistake for them. You know, they're going to, it's not great for anybody. You know, no one wins. And a lot of people, again, the innocent people that just live in their life, they suffer the most through this because they didn't even have stake in this game. They're just trying to live their life. Right. Really, I'm sure they do care about you know, the policies of their government to some extent. I'm not saying they don't care at all, but, I mean, really they're probably just trying to live their life in yeah. a simple way, most of them. So it's, that's the, that, to me, is the atrocity, and that's where it's, um, you get emotionally invested, and you say, man, that really sucks. Right. But from a, like a, but from a, but from a perspective of our country, like from just a reasonable, uh, you know, logical like step outside. Like you're looking at two players on a chessboard. Yeah, you're exactly. not playing chess, but you're watching two people play chess, and you're trying to understand yeah, you're not why in the each game. of them no stake in move. the game. Exactly right, and you have to kind of look at it like, man, you really can't be. It's intrusive to that side of the world to be over there playing games like this. You know, it, it's like we definitely have a little bit of a stake in the game, and uh, our country has a lot of well, things we need to work on. Just our country alone, not even talking about NATO and the UN yeah. and all of their problems that I'm sure are going on. And 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 the other thing is uh, the same people 
that were in charge of, you know, the economic policy and all that's gone on these past decades and decades in this country and the downfall that we've all felt and seen and watched in front of our face. And while we're all so politically frustrated one way or the other, right? You know, all of that, the same people are telling you what? Do you know what I mean? Like, why we even trust them? Like, they're trying to scapegoat out. They're, they are, that's exactly what's going on, you know? Yep. Like, they're just trying to, that's, they want, they think it'll bring unity to their, to their power if they do that, if they, if they have an enemy and they see it like that. But it's not beneficial to our country. It's not beneficial to our, to our kids. It's not beneficial to our older population. It's not, it, what about the Iraq and Afghanistan veterans? How, how do they make out? You know? Yep. And remember, too, the other thing we were just talking about this when before we started is, like, we're over here in America even talking about getting involved and, like, putting, you know, what what is it, like, no-fly zones and stuff. Remember, Afghanistan, well, Afghanistan ended in, in August. Yeah. Do you know, like, remember that? Right. No. That was I, I, right no, then. No, nobody remembers that anymore. Everybody's caught up in the current war hysteria. It's crazy, you know? man. I mean, this I think is a good. Should, Americans should see this op- as an opportunity for us to reevaluate our place in NATO, and whether or not we should have ever even joined it in the first place, or whether it should have been just abandoned after the fall of the Soviet Union. You know, because this is the you know a lot of people. Since 1991, since the, you know, or, or I guess it was like 1994, is in the Bill Clinton administration when NATO first began to expand after the fall of the Soviet Union. And a lot of people have warned since then, hey, if you keep expanding NATO, you're going to eventually cause a huge conflict. And the West has just pushed on and on and on. You know, and it's these huge, these big military alliances, you know, we really need to ask ourselves, do they really make the world safer? Do they really make the world a safer place? Or are they really institutions that are going to inevitably lead to conflict? Yeah. You know, especially if it it should have been put into the NATO charter that it would never expand. Yeah. Is what it, you know, if NATO's going to exist at all, that, that I think should have been put into the charter, that it would never expand. You know, because its expansion has. Would we want that with with China and Russia and Eastern countries? If if they combine for to make their own treaty, would we would we want that in their charter that they would never expand? Oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, would, would we freak out if if there was some sort of Eastern NATO, you know, Eastern alliance, and they had. You know, maybe they were, you know, partnered up. Maybe Mexico didn't join them technically, but they were partnered up with Mexico and they started shipping Mexico weapons and missile systems and all sorts of stuff. We'd probably raise an eyebrow at that, you know. Is and there, by, and by there, raising an eyebrow, I mean we'd probably go to full-scale war with is there any Is there any conflict of interest at all in the fact that the Ukraine... Is the country we're talking about and that this is going on in. And the actual administration that's been in for a year right now, they have family members who were on the board of a major energy company within the Ukraine having like multi million dollar deals. Oh, you yeah. Know, is, there, is there any. Is there any. Is, no, everybody's forgotten about that. Does that too. not have anything to do with it? You think you think that has zero to do with what's going on, or do you no, think that, think, that no. plays a role? I think sure? that absolutely plays a role. You know, I think that. What do you think Putin thinks about that? And I'm not saying again. Probably, probably, a, uh, and obviously, what he did and what his cabinet, ha- you know, putting troops over there and bombing that country like that is. I believe Putin it is a may big just mistake. For a that, big trap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a that was not yeah, exactly. I don't I don't yeah. and, and, and not only that, just the devastation that causes, man, damn. It's it's not worth it. You know, like I get it, but there has to be levels of diplomacy. That's the real strength, man. Right. That's the real strength. 
and then that's uh, so I'm not uh, again I I don't like to have to say that, but you have to context it all the time because people think that you're trying to, you know, uh, battle in. But what do you think Putin thought about that that Joe Biden's uh, son is over there, and I think John Kerry's family member right. are on the board of this Ukrainian energy company. And then that was when the Trump administration was in, and it was all it was like, okay, this is probably he probably wasn't happy about it. But as soon as Joe Biden gets elected, now he's like, okay, directly the president of the United States family and their cabinet was in the Ukraine doing business dealings. I know. Right. I think that Putin probably sincerely believes that there was a NATO and U.S. backed coup in the Ukraine in 2014. And he believes this because there was a NATO-U.S.-backed coup <laughs> in the Ukraine in 2014. <laughs> okay. That's why he believes it, folks. <laughs> because it's true. And this is, this is why so many people have warned us for decades to stop meddling in the world. Eventually, you're going to poke the wrong... Bear, in this instance, <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> I mean, ah, oh, man. And it is a very situa- a very serious situation. No, no, it's know? absolutely, and, and, and it's, for everybody, for everybody, right. there's no one's going to, like, the United States, that's what, I live here. That's why I focus here, because I, I don't that Russia's across the world. I've never been to Russia. Honest to God, I would love to go to Russia. Right. I would love to go play music with Russian people who play music. Do you know what I mean? In Siberia. That'd be oh, that'd yeah. be awesome. Do you know what I mean? Right. It's, a, it's a great. I'm sure that it's a great country. And and you know what? The same thing with the Ukraine, or any other country in the world. You know, everyone has their beauty. And everybody has their their flaws, and it's like you know. I was thinking about this, and I don't I don't know if we've ever talked about this on the podcast before or not, but I think maybe we have. I don't know. Maybe I've said this, something like this, but I, I feel like just individually as well, you know, everybody in the world that you're going to come across, you could definitely find something negative about everybody, or you could find something positive. There's both in everybody. There's something you can learn. There's something you can take. And there's something that's like could bring you down if you focus on it too much. You know what I mean? Right. In everybody. Now, what are you going to focus on? What are you going to use the energy you have to build your character with? You know what I mean? Like, look at that on a on a nationwide scale now with from America's standpoint, you know? Right. Like, we do have something special here. And, like, yes. everyone has paid in blood. Everyone's ancestors has paid in blood with re- conflicts between ourselves to get here. Yep. You know? And yet we're all, you know, we have our own problems, obviously, like, our from from economic standpoint and our just nation-building and pointless, you know, the wars that we've created and the veterans and the people that have suffered and come back home, you know, and all that it's created. You know, there's a lot of things that need to be dealt with, right? That it's constant. And uh, they should be dealt with. Why are we, you know, like, why are we not looking internally as a country? Like, why are we always looking outward? Yeah, yeah, and to fix everybody else, you know, when we're sitting here, like, bleeding. Yeah, no, you You know, know? well, it's like, you know, the the analogy where, you know, your, uh, your house is on fire, but your neighbor's got a clogged toilet. So you're like, hey, dude, I'm going to go help you unclog your toilet. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. We really do live in the freest country, the freest, most prosperous, most, most successful country in the history of the world. And we've developed this attitude of American exceptionalism and the idea that we're awesome... Everybody must look up to us and see how prosperous and free and awesome we are. So, 
why wouldn't I mean when you know we've developed this idea in our minds that when we go marching into countries, we're liberators, man. That's how everybody sees us. You know, that's why half of them shoot at us. You know, yeah. and I mean, in fact, I'd like to play a clip. I did bring. I, I did come tonight uh, prepared with a clip. Good, because I did. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and. Uh, Oh man, hold, hold on. I need no, to get, it's okay. I, I yeah, yeah, you the, go ahead uh, and do that. No, I'll, I, I, uh, yeah, man, it's a. Uh, I wanted to go back to your point really quick. I was thinking about it about the the also just the implication of like that we don't, you know, you don't talk about, but like people don't like the war the way it is. You know, it's like if you continue to to push, especially right now, like you're gonna see war expand. Right. You're going to see this, the bombings and stuff are going to continue and they're going to intensify and they're going to spread. Right. So so who, if indeed Putin is crazy, which he is, obviously, he showed that he's crazy enough to do what he's doing, right? Who's going to be the cooler head? Who's going to say who is strong enough to try to de-escalate the situation and and try to bring peace to that to that area of the world, you know right. what I mean? And also, again, remember the other conflicts going on in the world today that don't get discussed, you know? Yep. Like Yemen, and I just wanted to bring that. Are you ready with that? Yeah, I am actually. Okay, here we go. So this is actually uh, Doctor uh, John. Uh, oh man, I just had it queued up. Uh, John. Mearsheimer, Dr. John Mearsheimer, and he's giving a, this is from a larger speech he gave back in 2016, where he's pretty much explaining how the uh, Ukrainian crisis uh, that started in 2014 was essentially the West's fault. Uh, And this is an excellent clip where he explains how, you know, the, the idea that we need to spread democracy around the world, we might see this as a holy thing. But we have to understand that other people are going to see it as a threat. And I just think it, it's about a minute long, and I think it's a great clip. Well, here it is. Associated with the conventional wisdom. This is that the United States is a benign hegemon seeking to promote European stability, seeking to promote stability in Asia, all over the globe, and so forth and so on. There's some countries like Japan and Germany, for sure, Poland, who view the United States as a benign hegemon. There are many countries out there who do not. Iran is one, China's another, and Russia's a third. They just don't see it that way. And because they don't see it that way, you should understand that when you take measures, you meaning the United States, that you think are going to be interpreted as benign, the other side will not see them that way. They will see them as threatening. Uh, This gets back to my point about democracy promotion. We believe democracy promotion is an unalloyed good. and We can't understand why people like Putin and the leaders in Beijing don't understand this. But they don't understand it. And if you don't recognize what other people think, uh, you're incapable of putting yourself in their shoes. You're going to get yourself into a heck of a lot of trouble. Uh, and, of course, that's exactly what happened here. And so I think he really hit the nail on the head there, you know. There's a statue in New York Harbor. You might have heard of it before. <laughs> you know, it, Don't it, get it, radical. It, it, <laughs> Don't it's, get radical. It, it, it's, it, it's a lady, you know, and she's standing there and she's got a torch. And uh, I, you might have heard of it. Statue of Liberty. Okay. The Statue of Liberty is supposed to symbolize a beacon. And that is what America... And even if you want to look at it as the whole West, even if you want to look at it as Western Europe as well, you know, they've become uh, free democracies as well. Uh, But the Statue of Liberty is supposed to symbolize a beacon, a beacon of liberty, a beacon of freedom. You know, that, hey, you know, look at us. We're the example. If you want to come here, come here. Immigrate here. You know? But... Our founding fathers, and I know you're not supposed to mention them anymore nowadays, you know. Yeah. But I, I still like to bring them up. Our founding fathers warned us against getting entangled in foreign alliances, 
and against the idea of spreading your ideas abroad, you know, especially through military means. You know, if you want to do it through diplomatic means, and, and, and you know, that's one thing, but especially, man... And, you know, like I was saying earlier, this should be seen as a real opportunity for us to reevaluate our situation in NATO. Does NATO really make us safer? You know, when, when, when Trump was in office, and I, here's another forbidden name I'm bringing up. Did you just <laughs> when, say that? I no said way. the word. Statue of okay. Liberty and Trump in I the know. same episode? No. And Founding Fathers. Yeah, oh, man. God, dang, dang And Putin. Yeah. Oh, man, there's oh, some dang. radical right extremism going on here. Let's see. Okay. Uh, Pluto. Putin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, oh, that was the last you know episode. One thing, uh, real quick, one thing that I uh, just realized the other day. Putin invaded, well, he announced the uh, the... Independence of the Eastern uh, Ukrainian Republics on the 22nd of February. The coup in 2014 was on the 22nd of February. Wow. So he actually did that on the anniversary of the coup. That's some symbolism that I haven't heard anyone else catch on to. Wow. Okay. Uh, but anyway, real quick thing. Just made me think yeah, of that real quick. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. Uh, but when it comes to our position in NATO, does it make us make us safer? Trump brought up that, you know, America is pretty much the only NATO member. Well, I mean, there's other NATO members who have formidable militaries, don't get me wrong. But America has by far the biggest one. And there's a lot of NATO members who are really slacking on their militaries. And if they get invaded, it's going to be a lot of other countries that have to come in and defend them, you know. Yeah. And Trump really made a good point when he was like, you know, if we're going to be in on this deal, you guys got to start putting in your fair share, you know, or, or we need to, I mean, Trump even hinted on like, we'll just leave, you know, we'll just back yeah. out. You know, because I mean, really, if America got invaded tomorrow, are we really here in America going to be like, where's NATO? <laughs> like, <laughs> where's all the NATO soldiers to come save us? What's going on? Like, no, of course not. It, 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 it's pretty much any other country in NATO, any of the other 29 countries. It's, 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 us, it's us playing the policeman in a lot of ways. You Absolutely. Know? In, a, in a lot of ways. It, it is, definitely, of the world. Like, that's, what, that's, that, that's that phrase that you hear. You know, don't want to play policeman of the world. That is it. That is America trying to, you know. And again, like, if treaties happen between countries, I mean, like, regionally, I think there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, right. that happens naturally... Things happen, and who the hell am I to say either way? It, but when 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 you're a part of a country that that is it's against you know what we've always been taught to know as the established fact, you know, is our Bill of Rights and our Constitution. Right. You know, that's our that's our meeting ground. You know that you know the what is the you know what is the the preamble to the Constitution, you know, and all that. I mean, right? right. What is, What is that? That's like the short. The, how long is that? The preamble. The, to the preamble. It's yeah. just like a like a paragraph long. Yeah, it's pretty short. Yeah. But all of that. We like, the people. The yes. Yeah. America, I mean, you remember yeah. like that being engraved yeah. in your head, going coming up in the public schools even when we were younger. You know, I mean, it did. Right. I remember hearing it. You know, and now it's like when you look back at what they those the writings of those times and what was really going on, you're right, you know, there's so much where we lost our way. And, uh, you know, you can tell our country has, like, really not expanded in a good way. And I know there's been instances like World War Two where one could argue that, yeah, maybe, you know, they needed to step in and do that. And that's actually when NATO was really created, right? And that's right. actually when that came about. But Well, NATO was created in 49. But again, but, but again, times change and when they change, things should always be reevaluated. Nothing lasts forever. Not even that. Yep. You know, and so to say that, like, NATO needs to last forever or something, I mean, are you serious? And right. If an well, ice age comes, I mean, NATO you know, and, no. and, and, and I mean, talk about seeing things in the retrospect, you know, now with what's happened dismantling NATO is just off the table, you know, America leaving NATO is off the table, it's yeah. just, it's, it's not going to happen now, you know, and, and that's because, uh, you know, <laughs> we've been using an analogy for, 
years and years. I, we've been using it since we started this show, I know, and I know that, that me and you have been using it for years. Something about, you know, going on the path we're going and eventually we're going to go off a cliff that we can't turn back from. And, I mean, you know, when you talk about our involvement in NATO and, and a situation like this popping up in Europe, I mean, you really, you really are talking about a situation like that, you know. And that's where, exactly I mean, why, like going back know, to the start of this episode, that what you just said, it's why this a big, this is why Americans probably should at least keep an eye on this situation right. because whether you as an American like going to work and you and you feel for people that go through this war and you see it on the news and you, you hurt for them, but you know, like your livelihood is being threatened because your leadership is not representing the real values of American people. You know, I truly right. believe that, and uh, it's that's the dan- that's the danger that that really we have today. To me, in my opinion, like that's that's where we have to realize what's going on and, and how do we fix it. And you know, something else we talked about a while back, and I'm not gonna be like. I don't think anyone needs to be a fanboy or a fangirl for anybody. Right. You know what I mean? But at the same time, the way that our country is set up and the laws that we know that could try to pull us towards a better future and try to help us, like, you know, reevaluate the system, if we're going to go by those standards to some degree, you know, like politically, we have to get behind some candidates that are going to go in there and maybe could make a difference. Right. And we talked about there being maybe like a coalition, right, of people who were real popular on the left, like from like a grassroots level, and then maybe some people who were popular on the right from a grassroots level. Yep. And I saw recently Tulsi Gabbard was at the CPAC. I've got that clip. You know, well. yeah, so, so Tulsi... Well, not the CPAC clip. Well, yeah, but Tulsi Gabbard being at the CPAC was huge, and even people at CPAC didn't all receive her well, but I don't care about that because a lot of them are corrupted as well. Right. But there are a few people within CPAC that have also not always been reserved that well that would maybe meet in the middle, but grassroots, those people, Tulsi Gabbard is popular in the grassroots. So is people like Rand Paul. Right. You know, and if and if people like this, coalitions like this can meet and start, you know, congregating together and uh, getting their bases together... Like for new social, like I mean, political movements, and right. then and then letting the social follow it. I think that um, this could really be a really good trend that could really help us out and get some cooler heads in there to make some changes that are maybe better suited for us in this country to figure out some of our problems. Again, just a thought, you know. And uh, I liked kind of seeing that. I thought that was something that we have talked about before, and that. Maybe we'll talk about more later on that, like, if we start to see coalitions play out, you know, maybe we will. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Maybe we will see some of these coalitions start to kind of evolve and we can discuss them more if they do, you know, for sure. I'm keeping an eye on it for sure. I, I right. want to see that. I want to get behind something positive in every aspect, you know, where it's not about party lines and, like, ideology. Like, it's about really, like, trying to make the world better from and it starts with us you know what i mean and and, and right. i don't mean like pushing it like not trying to make the world better like making ourselves better so our part of the world is better so our ours is handled you know what i mean and when that happens you you are a uh, we will be successful people will look at us and they would more likely think like oh man you know that's right. a country that that ha- that that really has its act together. You know, they yeah. instead of looking at it like, oh man, they're trying to spread further. Yep. Look at that them and their other countries. You know, they're up to no good. They're over here trying to get this. I just don't think that's going to end up good at, for us. Right. That cliff is is. It's probably it's here. It's a bad cliff, and it looks like it could very well be here. Yeah. But if it's not, but and I don't even mean a war like financially. Like people talk right. about the sanctions. The sanctions to me. We'll go back. We're still... I was talking about the coalition of politicians, but right. that again, that's focusing on America, and we're trying to do that. But I will say this. To me, it seems like... And, and that same guy you pulled up earlier right. kind of talked about this in that speech a little bit. Is like... 
the real crazy thing here is those sanctions hurt Russia for the for the right now they'll hurt Russia. And he didn't talk about the sanctions, but he did say you're pushing Russia into Chinese hands. Right. And you're just pushing them over there and you're building a coalition. You're you're making their decisions easy. Yep. You know, and so what I think in my head is the sanctions hurt Russia at first. You know, they um they will not benefit, especially their richer class of people. But over time if those people are sa- as savvy as they all pretend to be most of the time, they're gonna re they're gonna reevaluate what they're doing and they're gonna find new coalitions. Yeah. You know, and who it's really gonna hurt is us. You know, and the dollar which is already, you know, our economy, our our system is already like that's inevitably what's coming down the pike for us, whether we like it or not. Right. Remember, I mean now you're going to have more people not trust the U.S. dollar and drop the U.S. dollar and put more pressure on the U.S. dollar in this time? Does yep. that you think that's going to work? For That's just going to hurt them? <laughs> yep. And uh, actually, if anybody's interested to go listen to it, Ron Paul actually, on the Liberty Report today, his entire episode, I think it was actually titled, Will the Russian Sanctions Backfire on America? And uh, he brought up pretty much the same exact points you just brought up. You know, I mean, when you're talking, I mean, and first of all, we have no idea what, uh, how much money Putin himself is worth, you know. And also, I mean, we do know that Russia has been stocking up on its gold reserves. It's sitting on about two and a half tons of gold. And it's also been stocking up on... uh, it's investment with China. So, I mean, anyone who thinks Putin wasn't prepared for these sanctions, or, or at least that he didn't know they were going to happen, you know, is fooling themselves. You know, and, and I think, even if he is crazy, I think he is smart, and he's not going to, uh, you know, he's not going to not have planned for that. You know, and I think that that's an excellent point, is that we're just driving them into Russia's arms. We're giving them no choice, you know. I mean, yeah. we've into essentially we've essentially cut them off from the West. Yeah. You know, even I mean, a- after this move where we've just locked them out of the uh, you know Western banking system, essentially. How do things? How back? do things go back to the north? Yeah, they even won't. if even if they pulled their troops back today, and we're like, hey, yeah, sorry, we shouldn't have done that, like. How do relations just go back to the way that they, they don't? This is like, ah, man. It's it's almost, it's hard both, to even Both talk sides about. have made mistakes, you know, for sure. There's no yeah. doubt. But, but, but in our case, you know, we're not, we're not acknowledging the mistakes that we're making. Uh, I can clearly see that. I don't know what they're doing over on the other side of the world, but we're definitely not acknowledging our mistakes, I feel like, in so many ways here. And uh, it's going to, it's going to, it's going to affect people. I really hope... I, I'm glad... I In some ways, I'm glad to see people pay attention. And in other ways, I feel like that the best thing you can really do right now, if you're too involved, is to back off a little bit and turn it off for a little while. Yeah. And go outside and take a walk and, like, you know, enjoy the life that we have and try to work in, in your ways to continue to build good things and not let it overwhelm you because it will overwhelm you. You know, this amount of propaganda, it's dangerous to the human mind, you know. It'll make you sick. It oh, yeah. can. For real. It's oh, not, it's I not mean, necessarily yeah, I mean, good. War propaganda, folks, is a whole different kind of game than the average, everyday propaganda that people get exposed to. I mean, and we were already a society that, that, that is dealing with a lot of propaganda. War times create just a, an absolute hailstorm of propaganda. You, you can't escape it. Like I was saying, you know, we were talking about this before we, uh, before we started, uh, before we started rolling today. Pretty much everything the average civilian is going to see during war, wartime is going to be propaganda. Or at the very least is going to be bias in one way or the other. Yeah. Everything. Unless you're there, unless you're a Ukrainian freedom fighter you know, fighting on the ground, or a Russian soldier who's on the ground there, unless you are there seeing it with your own eyes, you're getting, 
biased reports. I can promise you that. You know, and because it's been like that, it's been like that throughout history. The average citizens read doesn't. You know, they don't. They don't know what's going on. You know, they just know what their leadership is telling them. Yeah. And uh, I think that it, you know, and I think America right now is is uh, falling for a very dangerous propaganda, and that is that the Russian army is a paper tiger. I have heard so much rhetoric uh, in the past few days that um, you know the, the Russian army, you know, they can't they can't take Kiev, you know, they can't even take these these civilians armed with with AKs, you know, they can't. They're bogging down. Their tanks are breaking down. They're running out of fuel. Like, maybe they're just a paper tiger. Maybe we shouldn't, you know, maybe we've been just scared of this army this whole time that wasn't even really capable of hardly anything. It's like, man, that is very dangerous rhetoric to start getting into. Because the fact is, they have not unleashed even a fraction of their true power on Ukraine. Not even a fraction. We haven't seen anything. The way I see it is what their what their goal is right now is to consider those two eastern provinces to be independent provinces, and they're they're warding off any type of disposition that might disagree. Right. You know, that's the way I see what they're well, doing. Well, they're probably right going to want right? they're probably going to want Ukraine to hold a new election as well. Yeah, yeah. They're going to want Zelensky out of there. So, anyways, but we get it. That's a it's a dangerous situation. And, uh, you know, definitely is, you know, wrapping it back up. It's kind of something that, you know, you should pay attention to here if you live in this country. Because all this stuff does have effects on us. And especially moving into a world where we're just, you know, our country, it's just not as powerful worldwide as it once was, you know. And we're going to have to live in that reality. And, you know, understand, like, what we're becoming as a country, what we want to become. You know, because it, it, we've talked about it on this. You know, there's states wanting to break off from states, and yep. you know, I mean, there's a lot of fracturing going our on own, in this yeah, country. I was about I to mean, say our own. You know, country. we've got to really be careful, or not. Fuck. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, or just <laughs> keep doing it, and, and then something bad's gonna happen. Everyone's gonna be like, shit. In some ways, I do want to say this too. It's like when people right now, it's like they think this is a game. It's almost people like wanting. To, I, I'm just waiting to see that next. I want to see that next video of that big bomb falling. Yeah. You know, where's that big bomb? I mean, yeah, yeah. You you know, be careful what you wish for. Do you know, what one I mean? day you could look out your window. Yeah. And see that big bomb. And falling. then and then it's like, but then by that time they don't stop falling. You know, you don't get to turn them off like the TV. Do you know what I mean? And uh, it's like not just just stop. If peace yep. is what you want, then peace is what we should all be after. It's what we should all collectively be asking for, our own governments, both sides. We shouldn't be yelling at Russia, saying, Fuck you! You tra- you tyrants, you know? Yep. We should be saying, telling our government, You have not been representing us well. Back off of this now. Call for peace. Call for peace. Yep. Call for it. You know what I'm saying? Say, no more war over there. Like... Like do another election if you need to. Whatever you have to do, we want there to be peace, and that right. we'll sit at the table and listen and and speak our minds as well. But we want peace there. You know, if you really want that, if that's what people really want, then that's what they should. We could have that. But until then, you know, people's like they that's that's what sells on the news. So yep. they're gonna keep showing propaganda clips and. Clips would have just fake, downright fake at times, and um, you know both sides, and and you're gonna keep getting that. Well, I, I think uh, I think NATO needs to be careful too with how how involved they get in Ukraine without necessarily putting boots on the ground. But I mean, you know, you really, I mean, Biden said that any inter uh, Biden, I do that all the time. Putin, Biden's house. <laughs> Putin said same syllables that yeah. Putin said that uh, any interference by an outside country, you know, would would have would, would would warrant retaliation, you know, and so. But he didn't really specify what interference was. And you've seen all these, you know, all these, especially European countries that have been sending Ukraine tons of weapons, tons of missiles. Uh, I've somebody just sent them. 
like 17 fighter jets. You know, I mean, you know, you got to think about, you know, are you really staying out of this conflict? You know, that doesn't sound like staying out of it to me, you know. And I know that's... They're they're like, this is going to sound crazy, but China actually just sent the Ukraine... $75 $75 generals. Giants is in the business and just... Before the bombs even stop dropping, they're yeah. going to have dollar generals up in the Ukraine. Right. Oh, man, if, they're, if they didn't already, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe they do. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah. And what but, uh, the dollars? <laughs> <laughs> That's horrible, man. Shit. Dude, I just feel I'd like... Yeah. One thing I was going to say, though, was that these, these 17 fighter jets that they just gave to Ukraine were apparently, I don't, uh, I don't remember where I read this, uh, they were given permission, pretty much, to take off and land at a Polish Air Force bases. And so that's going to mean that Ukrainian fighter jets are going to be conducting operations against the Russians launched from Poland. Yeah. You know, you're getting into real dangerous territory here. You gotta, I mean... Well, it's already, no, it's already... It's already dangerous territory, and I I understand that. that, Yeah, yeah. But let's just say that definitely doesn't de-escalate the situation. Well, and like someone, someone said this too, and it was a good point. It's like when you're dealing with war like this, like the rules, like all these, all these rules that were on the table, and like these doctrines, it's like they don't matter. Like now, it's like okay, you're playing that way. Where it gets yeah. dirty. Oh yeah. You know the, whether you like it or not. I'm not saying it should be that way. I'm saying it does. It does. And there are no like like lines like you're saying. Like when does helping become? Well, we don't know. No one knows because there's no communication. It's a war. Yep. It's a conflict. It's a major conflict, and it could very well. I mean, if I lived over in in the uh, in Europe, I mean, I would definitely. They have a whole different reality to this. Oh, they got. Oh, man. we have the Atlantic Ocean in the way. Hey, I wanted to say this. Do you have anything else to close on this on this subject? Uh, I was also going to say real subject? quick that Germany also. I don't know if you heard. But about two days ago, Germany overnight became the third largest military budget on the planet. Uh, they put like a hundred billion dollars or something like that toward their military, and so Germany is building up. And they're really getting ready, and when the Germans start gearing up to fight the Russians, <laughs> God damn it. it's not looking good. Yeah. We'll just say that, you know, and the Russians see that as well. And we have to remember, man, I mean, we are a nation that has not seen conflict here in 160 years now, 160 years since there was conflict here on the North American continent. 75 years after the Civil War... And even longer, even even like a hundred years after the Civil War, there was still some real animosities in you know between the North and the South, culturally speaking. Yeah. You know, you know they're, they're they're mostly healed nowadays, but not too long ago they weren't all that healed. You know, you're talking here, and also I might point out in the American Civil War, around six hundred thousand people died in the American Civil War. 200 million Russians died in World War II. And that was about 75 years ago. That's crazy. These are scars that have not healed. And you're talking about deep cultural shit here. Stuff that we here in America can't even... I really, Like, we can't even contemplate it, really. Yeah. Like I was saying, you know... What if you put a... Uh, it's it's not looking a, good, I'll just say that. What it's if you not put a flag good. on your social media? <laughs> then, I mean, you, well, no, you, I mean, you just ended the war. Every, everyone, everyone clapped. <laughs> We're just kidding. Take it easy. <laughs> yeah, you no. did that. Don't, don't get butthurt. We're just kidding. You know? 
Yeah, I do want to say this. So you remember? So we uh, discussed the shark attack off the Australian coast, okay? Oh boy! So I finally get the, They finally came up with the episode where they covered it, right? And the guy goes through the guy who does this. It's called Sharks Happen. It's the YouTube channel I watch, okay? And he goes through. Uh, he has to wait till the information comes out. But I guess there's something called like the international shark file, and it basically files all and logs all shark attacks and like how they happen and why they happen. So historically speaking, there can be, you know, relevance to these things. And they, I think they classified that shark attack as mistaken identity. What? Yeah. Like the shark thought he was a seal? A seal. That would be mistaken well, identity. Well, I mean, I wouldn't doubt that so much. I mean, I don't know. But Maybe do you think, yeah, so, do you, but, so this is a larger question. Do you think mistaken identity in that situation, like, should be like, oh, that's not what I thought it was, and swim off? That's what I think about when I see mistaken identity. Like, yeah. a, a shark comes up yeah, and bites somebody on a surfboard, bites them one time, and then swims off, because it's like, oh, that's not what I thought he was. Like, to me, that just seemed like a complete... Uh, no, I'm well, just, that was a predation. Yeah, that's a predation. That was a, definitely a predation. Yes. You know? Whether or not it was a case of mistaken identity at the at beginning. First. Doesn't you know? I mean, maybe it was at first, but it, it turned into a predation. But know? what the guy said, and I don't want to put like I couldn't put exact quotes on this, but he said something like this. Let's just put it. Let's just put it the most blunt way we can. These are dinosaurs. Oh, that's yeah. a that's a hungry dinosaur, and he's like, let's like. If I was playing, if I was playing golf, and there was still land dinosaurs, and one of them was hungry one day, and it came on that golf course, and it decided it was hungry, I probably wouldn't be playing golf very much longer. He's like, so when you go swim out in that water, and there's 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 dinosaurs out there that'll eat you. They've been alive since a long Those time. Sharks ago. are older than dinosaurs. I mean, you know, yeah. it's just. To say what it, you know, you can sit there and call it whatever you want. Right. A hungry animal of any sort is going to eat. So I I just think about that. I think mistaken identity in itself is kind of, if if they want to eat you, if an animal is larger than you and you're isolated and they're a a predatory animal and you are looking like any type of prey to them and it's not territorial. Right. They're most likely going to eat you. Like not, they're not gonna stop because like, oh my god, it's a human. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, my bad, dude. I didn't <laughs> know. You know, it's not a movie. You know what I mean? Right. It's not a damn movie. Like they will, like if there's a tiger that's hungry, you know, and it's in the wild, and you're walking by yourself where there's tigers, like, it's gonna snatch you up and have an easy meal because it can. Same thing with the shark. It's like it swims up to this object that's moving that's meat that's slower than it is yep it's hungry it doesn't matter what it's like i don't even give a shit i don't care what it could be a turtle for all i care right you know i'm eating it you know whoa and then when you realize it's not a turtle it's not a you know and then you know the people that still talk about like how like think great whites have poor eyesight and it could be like a thing of poor eyesight and you know they mistake things because they can't see you think this Ancient creature has poor eyesight. You know? Yep. Like like that it can't maneuver through the ocean and see way further, you know. Like, maybe it does have poor eyesight in the concept that we see eyesight as. Right. But in its water, in its space, it is an absolute machine. You know? It's like just an absolute machine. And it knows exactly what's going on. You know, and it knows what what to do. Right. You know, like it's not going to swim up to a pot of orcas because it has poor eyesight. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, So no. that's just a dumb it's way to look at it. going to know where those orcas are a mile away. But I just care about this a lot because I'm, I like, I love being out in nature. And I right. love nature. But I also realize, I, like the real, uh, the re, like, the, I, that's why I love it. Yeah. You know, it humbles you. it's not you. tame. Yes, it humbles you. It's like all this other shit, you know, it doesn't really matter in that in, in that sense. Like nature's a force that binds us all. Yeah. It could bring us all together in that way, you know, too. 
um, and I and I love it, but uh, that was a horrible instance, no doubt about it, and and it's and it's really shitty that it got caught on camera. But again, this exposes like kind of some, even even though it's low level, it really does kind of expose some corruption in the way that some of these organizations work because. You're saying that that, so anyone that ever reads that, if that wasn't videotaped and no one ever knows, they would think that that was mistaken identity. Right. And so they would swim again and say, well, they can mistake you as a seal. Or you say, hey, if you swim in that water, sharks will, like, they will eat you. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's a big difference in that. Like, they will, they can be interested in you, not because you look like a seal, but because they know that we swim here. Right. Do you know? Like, that's a... I think it's important yeah. to, to, to decipher that, you know, the right way. Right. And not cover things like that up, man. But I agree. But yeah, that was interesting. I just saw that happen. And actually, so I saw that episode of him talking about that attack. And then I saw later on that they had posted like a survey of saying like, so this was is what they logged this as, mistaken identity. Do you think it is or do you think it isn't? Right. And I thought, well, that's something that's interesting, you know, uh... And shark attacks, really, but again, it could be a pack of wolves or a bear right. or uh, anything, you know, anything that would eat a pack of lions, you know, like, do you think that on the African continent, do you think that people over there know not to go certain places by themselves at certain times? Oh, yeah. Same thing in India, you know, with yeah, the tigers. Yeah, you know, for I mean, sure, people. they do. They know you're running a risk if you do. Yep. You're running a large risk, and you run the risk, you know, with, with that that in mind. And sometimes, you know, you can even ha do be doing something low risk, and it could go wrong, you know, in situations with that, you know. But anything else you want to go over, man, or yeah, anything else we... going on? No? Man, you know, I mean, everything has been so dang drowned out by the, uh, by the Ukraine story, of course, you yeah. know. Yeah. Uh, I think we briefly went over the, the recent COVID news, you know, uh, the, all the CDC announcements and everything, you know. I think that the, the COVID narrative was already well on its way to falling apart, even before this conflict fa uh, flared up like a month ago, you know. Uh, and that they have now used it as just, uh, they've, you know, as a complete scapegoat for the media to just totally switch angles. And just leave COVID in the dust. Yeah, and have no yeah. repercussions for their manipulation and lies of that. Now they're going to go on to the next thing and have everybody still watching their propaganda. Yep. You know? So Interesting. Interesting how it works, man. We're only human. Yeah. You know, we're all flawed, man. You know, we're all uh. just flawed. We're all just flawed beings, man. It's crazy, really, when you think about it. We're... Hopefully, the for people are trying to get better, you know, and trying to become better people. But, you know, it's 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 kind of a hard world to understand. I, I have complete uh, empathy for that. It's it's no one gets it. Like yeah. our opinions are just our opinions. Or who knows? We don't know shit. No one really knows anything. You know, it's a com these are complicated issues that are. You know, maybe there's like no resolve, really. You know, it's just right. like either peace or. You know, yeah. or this, you know, there's no real resolve. You know, it's like you just got to have that line where you respect other people and right. other ways, you know. Well, you yeah. can take us out, man. Well, you know, I just, uh, I hope that everything can be resolved in, in the Ukraine, you know, peacefully, even if, even if Russia ends up you know, taking half, you know, the eastern half of Ukraine, I think, uh, I think there's really no way, that there, there's no good way out of this, let's, you know, I mean, just emphasize that, I mean, like we were saying earlier, no, you don't just go back to status quo after this, you know, uh, even if the Russians do just take the eastern part of Ukraine, then you're still going to have uh, you know, a split Ukraine, an East and West Ukraine. You'll have the beginnings of a new Cold War there, you know. I mean, especially if after things calm down, if Ukraine ends up joining NATO, then you'll definitely have a, a conflict on your hands. But uh, 
I just, I hope everything can be resolved peacefully over there, but most importantly, I hope that we here in America can have the good sense not to get involved with it, you know? And unfortunately, if things do get hot over there in a NATO country, America will be going to war. There's no, there's no getting out of that as a nation, really. I mean, it's going to happen, 110%. If a NATO country is attacked, America will go to war. Uh, and I do not want that to happen. I think that that's a very unfortunate circumstance of joining NATO and remaining in NATO and keeping NATO, you know, together. Uh, and I'll just I'll just end the episode today with a uh, a Ron Paul quote from 2008, and uh, it's a real short quote, real simple, real to the point. And I say, quote: NATO expansion may well involve the U.S. military in conflicts unrelated to our national interest. We want to say thank you so much for listening to our podcast, The Independent Thinking Texans. A lot of times, you know, we may not necessarily know what we're saying or doing, but who really does in this world? It's a busy, busy place. Thank you so much for taking the time, though. We do appreciate it. Keep thinking for yourself, always and forever. Have a great day.